Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, October 27th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... We believe that localized efforts to bring intense focus to those hardest-hit areas will have the greatest impact. The governor expands his localized mitigation efforts to seven more counties, but one week out from Election Day exempts polling sites from mask mandates. Then the vote for medical marijuana is one week away. We examine the two proposals on the ballot. Plus, we look at how organizations are engaging voters ahead of this year's highly anticipated election. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Governor Tate Reeves is responding to the recent upward trend of coronavirus transmission by expanding his localized mitigation approach. During a press conference yesterday, Reeves announced he's adding seven more counties to the list he introduced during his initial order last week. Residents in Benton, Carroll, Harrison, Jones, Leake, Madison and Marshall counties will be required to wear masks indoors while in public. Reeves says this approach is the best way to avoid additional lockdowns. We know that this is not over. We know that we are still in the middle of this fight. People are tired of it. The good Lord knows I'm tired of it. We need to find a way to deal with this that never returns to the economic lockdowns of the past. We need a sustainable plan. We believe that localized efforts to bring intense focus to those hardest-hit areas will have the greatest impact. The list of counties under a mask mandate grows to 16. The orders are in effect until November 11th. During his announcement, Reeves cited one of the World Health Organization's COVID-19 special envoys in defense of his localized approach. Incidentally, that's also in line with the World Health Organization and what they have recently advocated for. David Nabarro, their special envoy for COVID-19, recently said something that is really wise that I wanted to share with the people of Mississippi. And I quote, Trying to deal with small spikes of a disease is best done locally. It's not best done from some central control center. And it does mean really leveling with people, saying the only way we can do this is for all of us pulling together. Physical distancing, face protection, isolating if we're feeling ill, not going to the pub or work if we're feeling rotten, and protecting those who are most at risk. End quote. 
That's the goal. That's what we're trying to achieve. We can open schools. We can open businesses. We can wear masks. We can respect the severity of this virus. And I'm hopeful that we can all pull together and get through this together. Because that's the only way we can get through it. This summer, the Trump administration severed ties with the World Health Organization, accusing the international cooperative of being under Chinese control. Reeves, an outspoken supporter of the president, later said he believes the WHO made mistakes, but tries to listen to as many experts as he can. I get most of my advice from uh, Mississippians like Dr. Dobbs and Dr. Byers and their team. Um, but I also want to make sure I understand what others are saying. I think the World Health Organization has made some tremendous mistakes uh, throughout this process. But I think it's probably fair to say that everyone that's been in the decision-making mode during COVID-19 has made a few mistakes. And so um, I, I'm certainly not um, signing off on exactly everything that they have said or done, um, but I did think it was important uh, to point out that there are some leading experts that – um, have advocated for exactly what we've tried to do. The growing list of counties under a mandate comes as the state and the nation prepare for a much-anticipated election. Despite the executive order requiring masks be worn while in public and indoors, Reeves says he's making an exception for polling locations. I don't anticipate that I am going to mandate masks at every polling location. Um, I do anticipate that uh, the vast majority of Mississippians when they go vote are going to wear a mask. If you if you see some of the and then this is anecdotal, it's not quantitative, uh, but I think it's important to note if you look at some of the the lines at various uh, locations that we've seen uh, over the last several weeks with abs- with absentee balloting taking place, the vast majority of people who are standing in line are doing so. With social distancing in place, they are wearing masks, even though it's not required. And so um, I think what you're going to find is that we're going to have a safe, secure election uh, in our state. I think the vast majority of Mississippians are going to uh, wear masks. I think the vast majority of those poll workers are going to wear masks. And I think we're going to have an election that that while um, it's going to be unique in that people have masks and other things, um, I, I don't. In, I, I think it's going to go off just as exactly as the f- the multiple elections that we had around Mississippi over the last six months during this pandemic. A vast majority, if not all, of polling sites in Mississippi are indoors, meaning voters in the in the 16 counties under a mask mandate will not be protected by the mandate while they vote. Reeves claims it's a matter of protecting the right to vote. When it comes to voting, I believe uh, that everyone. Uh, has a constitutional right to vote, assuming they haven't, um, they have not stepped on that by by committing felonies, etc. And so, I believe uh, that it is not prudent, nor is it um, uh, legal or constitutional for us to uh, restrict one's ability to vote or to make it uh, in such a way uh, where wearing a mask is required. In a statement issued yesterday, the Secretary of State's office confirmed 117 pallets of personal protective equipment, including masks for those who need them, have been delivered to all Mississippi counties ahead of Election Day.
Coming up, the vote for medical marijuana is one week away. We examine the two proposals on the ballot. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi could uh, could work to legalize medical marijuana. Voters will get to decide next Tuesday. As MPB's Ashley Norwood reports, there are two proposals on the November ballot, Initiative 65 and Alternative 65A. Angie Calhoun of Puckett says her son Austin had been a healthy teen until he began suffering seizures, severe joint pain, and chronic nausea and vomiting. I recall one morning walking into Austin's bedroom to give him his medicines. And as I paused by his bedside, I looked at him lying there, and I thought to myself, my son looks like a skeleton with a sheet over his body. After 18 months, 17 prescriptions, and seeing almost 20 doctors, Calhoun says eventually her son moved out of state so he could use medical marijuana. She says it has since restored his health and quality of life. For Austin, medical marijuana worked. It subsided the horrible effects of the debilitating medical conditions. I remember thinking to myself after he had used medical marijuana, this seems like my son, my happy, vibrant son again. And that was truly a blessing. Initiative 65 is one of two proposals on the ballot. It would legalize medical marijuana to treat 22 qualifying debilitating medical conditions, such as cancer, epilepsy, and Parkinson's disease. And other conditions can be later added. Me and my husband, when this initiative came out, or when the proposal came out, we went door to door with my three-year-old and my four-year-old in his St. Andrew's school uniform, asking people to sign this petition. That's Jacqueline Rudder of Madison County. She's speaking in favor of Initiative 65 at the fifth and final public hearing sponsored by the Secretary of State's office. Hearings like this one in Jackson are required by law in each of the old congressional districts. And can I tell you, nine out of ten people signed that petition. They believe that people should have access to this medication if they are sick. We want our physicians to have choices in treating us, and we do not want our politicians in our medical care. Get out of the room. It's not their place. Part of 65 allows individuals to possess up to 2.5 ounces of marijuana at one time, sold at an unlimited number of licensed treatment centers statewide. It requires the Mississippi Department of Health to implement, administer, and enforce the provisions of this article and to issue rules and regulations. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says there are medical benefits in marijuana, particularly in the CBD extract of the plant, which is therapeutically available in several different products sold statewide. But the concern, he says, is the THC component of marijuana the extract that makes you high. We know that for teenagers, it does really significantly increase the risk of schizophrenia and other mental health disorders. Um, It also lowers IQ points. So youth are a very vulnerable group. We also know for pregnant women 
that um, there's a real issue. We actually, we're doing some studies at the Department of Health on our discharge data, and for 2019, there were 255 babies born um, to mothers who were, had cannabis abuse and had adverse effects. The alternative measure on the ballot, 65A, would restrict smoking marijuana to terminally ill patients. It requires pharmaceutical-grade marijuana products and treatment oversight by licensed physicians, nurses, and pharmacists. The measure limits the number of state-licensed manufacturers of marijuana products and leaves tax rates and possession limits to be set by lawmakers. There is interest in having a medical marijuana program, but there's, there's got to be a better way. And I think if we do want to do it, we need to look at 65A. And as the director of the state health department, if we pass 65A, I promise that I will work to make sure it's a successful program. Mississippi's initiative law allows voters to amend the state's constitution for issues not addressed by the legislature. Supporters of 65 say lawmakers have denied 20 or more legislative bills to legalize medical marijuana. It was only after Initiative 65 made it to the ballot that the legislature passed medical marijuana legislation, Alternative 65A. If either measure prevails, marijuana will become part of the Mississippi Constitution, where no other drug is addressed. Byron Police Chief Luke Thompson with the Mississippi Association of Chiefs of Police says he believes changing the Constitution is a bad idea. When you keep it in the legislature, if they have a a, a challenge or, or something comes up and it's not working, in the legislature you can change it the next year. If you change the Constitution of our state... Um, to to what this initiative wants to do. There's there's no change in it without another constitutional amendment. So once you get it passed, you're not going to be able to do anything with it after that. For an initiative to pass, it requires a certain threshold of votes. At least 40% of everyone who votes in the general election must vote on the issue. And of those votes, a simple majority is required in order for it to pass. Other drugs, alcohol, and tobacco products are incorporated into general laws that can be changed through a simple majority votes of both legislative chambers and by the governor's signature. Numerous polls in recent years have shown a majority of Mississippians support legalizing the medical use of marijuana. A more recent poll reveals there's more more than 80 percent. And by legalizing medical marijuana in Mississippi, Angie Calhoun says it'll allow her only child to come back home. Ashley Norwood, MPB News. Governor Tate Reeves is making his position on the medical marijuana ballot measure public. During a recent press conference, he said he will not be supporting Initiative 65. I have three daughters, 115, 113, and 18. And because I have three daughters, um, I certainly understand the intent of those individuals who uh, were successful in getting Initiative 65 on the ballot. But because of those three daughters and the concern that I have in putting um, marijuana in our state constitution and everything that goes along with that, um, I'm going to vote no on both. I'm also going to vote yay on 65A uh, on the second question. Uh, because I think that's uh, the smartest way in which uh, to take that vote. For more information on the medical marijuana ballot measure, as well as all things election-related, visit mpbonline.org slash election. Coming up, we look at how organizations are engaging voters ahead of this year's highly anticipated election. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Right now, mpbonline.org is your resource to stay up to date on the news about COVID-19. 
The coronavirus is a worldwide pandemic, and MPB is here to let you know how that affects Mississippi. MPBonline.org has an entire section dedicated to the coronavirus with links and updates from the Center for Disease Control and the Mississippi Department of Health. Visit our website right now, mpbonline.org, to find out what you need to know. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippians are one week away from voting in what is arguably the most pivotal election of this century. More than 140,000 people have already voted by absentee, surpassing numbers in 2016. And election experts predict a record-breaking voter turnout at the polls next Tuesday. Fletcher Freeman is the state chairman of the Mississippi Federation of College Republicans. He tells our Ashley Norwood in these final days, groups like his are focused on getting their message to swing voters. So right now, a crucial thing for those that are involved right now is continuing to work. Um, Even though we're a week away, there's a lot of swing voters in the nation still. Um, So those who are working on campaigns, it's very crucial for them to get out and continue knocking doors, phone banking, anything you can do with state and local laws in place. Um, But for the voters, it's extremely important to do some research on each candidate, find out uh, where your opinions side on certain issues and see where the candidates' uh, opinions have been on those issues. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what your organization has done or is continuing to do to engage voters ahead of the election. Talk to me about some of the tools and strategies you, you've you used. Um, who Who is your target audience and what's been their response? So our target audience for college Republicans is mostly going to be getting out the college vote. Um, But one of the interesting things that we've been able to do um, since we're not only just a state organization but work within the entire nation of different organizations is we've been able to phone bank out to different states. So swing states this year, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, states that are highly contested, um, students in Mississippi have been able to call um, people over in those states so that they're being contacted um, to for a campaign. So it, it may not just be the presidential election that we're contacting. It could be a small uh, local House seat or a state Senate that we're also phone banking for. So it doesn't just stop in Mississippi where we're working, but across the country. Now, on the statewide ballot here in Mississippi, we're looking at, obviously, candidates uh, on a national level as well as the statewide level and even some local. Um, But there are three measures on on the ballot, measures on the state flag, legalizing medical marijuana, as well as how we elect our statewide officials. Talk to me about, um, you know, during your time of engaging with voters, how informed have voters been about these issues or measures on the ballot? And how have you all been able to educate voters about what's on the ballot? So, Obviously, when it comes to any election, some voters are more informed than others because they keep up with politics. Um, it's been interesting to talk to people that may not even know that that's on the ballot. Um, being able to refer them to the Secretary of State's website and show them a sample ballot or handing them a sample ballot and showing them what their ballot's going to look like and showing what is on the ballot, the three different measures, they're able to then look up those for themselves 
So the most important thing for a voter is that they're making that decision on their own. So when you hand them a sample ballot or tell them to go to the Secretary of State's website to look at a sample ballot, um, showing them the flag measure, um, the medical marijuana, and how we actually elect the governor of Mississippi, um, they're able to do a little research on their own if they would like to vote on these. Fletcher Freeman, state chairman of the Mississippi Federation of College Republicans. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Have a good one. Grassroots group Mississippi Votes focused their earlier efforts on voter registration. But Executive Director Arikia Bennett says in the final weeks, their focus has shifted to voter education. Right now, hopefully everybody in Mississippi who is eligible to vote has a plan for Election Day. So whether you have to work um, or you are going to be out of the county on Election Day, making sure that either you voted absentee or that you made the proper provision to um, make sure that your um, your values show up on your ballot on Election Day and making sure you know where all of the the, the polling places are that are unique to you and your family um, and just really having a strong, uh, a strong strategic, solid plan about how you're going to get to and from the polls on Election Day. So whether you're voting curbside, are you going to vote early, like making up in your mind right now. And so we're past the stages of doing a lot of robust voter education right now is just making sure that voters um, know where to go and know what to do on Election Day. Talk to me about, and I know you just mentioned there that at this point you're past most of the voter education stages. How have how have you all been engaging with voters um, during this period of time? And talk to me a little bit about, you know, who's been your target audience and their response to your engagement. Yeah, so typically uh, Mississippi Votes is a youth-led and youth-centered civic engagement organization. So typically the people that we're targeting are folks between the ages of 18 and 29. And our voter education starts with young people who are youngest 15, 14 years old. But this year we had to do a little, a little bit differently, primarily because our base audience, um, they're scattered all over the place, right? So traditionally we'd be on the campuses of colleges and universities across the state. And we still have done some of that work, but of course it had to look a little differently. But we recognize that a large segment of Mississippi's voting block is vulnerable. A large segment of the most reliable um, part of the electorate is vulnerable and susceptible to this disease, right? And so those are the voters who are 65 and older. And so what we've done was or is send direct mail to those voters who are 65 and older in Mississippi. You can vote absentee with that as an excuse if you're 65 and older. And so we started off really early. As soon as the absentee um, applications were available, we started sending mail to those voters and saying, hey, you qualify. Here's the one, two, threes. We started making phone calls to them. Um, in every way possible to reach out and make sure that they still, um, you know, knew that there was a safe way to participate in this election. 
as well as, you know, doing our, like I said, doing our normal routine of reaching out to young people, young people in Mississippi, are also a very large voting block. And making sure that we were still on college campuses in a safe way, making sure that those voters were registered and that they had tools accessible um, where there didn't have to be a lot of um, saturation of people in one place at one time. So we created this tool called Ballot Ready. And, you know, there are three ballot measures on <laughs> the ballot this year, and they're super confusing. And so we tried to make it really easy for every um, every voter, every piece of the electors. And we feel like we've exhausted all of our resources to make sure that every voter is educated and knows what's at stake November 3rd. All right, Arika Bennett, Executive Director of Mississippi Votes. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Election Day is November 3rd. The deadline for in-person absentee voting is Saturday. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.